Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a special guest, Dan Vargo, a former UT football player. He played in for the Rockets from 1987 to 1990. Uh, welcome, Dan. Thank you, Brian. Nice to, to connect with you on this and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yes, Merry Christmas to you as well. All right, let me give you a brief background on Dan. Um, like I said, he played for Toledo from 1987 to 1990. Uh, he led the team with five interceptions in 1990, and that was also third overall in the Mid-American Conference. Um, he was also sixth on the team with 54 tackles. He had nine career interceptions and 200 career tackles. <clears throat> All right. So we're going to basically just kind of, I'll ask you a few questions and um, kind of like, you know, Q&A type deal and any topics that you really want to talk about and that kind of thing. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like being a student athlete in college? It was, uh, it was a challenge. I tell you, um, I think it's a little different than it is nowadays, but in terms of the time constraints, but it was a, it was a full-time job. I tell you, I, you know, I, I remember just, um, you know, during the season, you literally would, you'd wake up, you'd go to your classes, uh, hopefully, you know, sneak in a lunch between, uh, you know, the time you got done with your classes and before you had to, um, get to the, to the, um, to the locker room to get yourself ready, taped up. And then you would go to meetings from typically, you know, one o'clock till two thirty. You know, going through you know the game plans and you know going through some films, uh, talking about uh, the practice ahead, and then then you were you know you were out on the on the field getting getting yourself loosened up, probably two thirty to to three, then practicing till till five o'clock, and then go take a shower, and then after after uh, your shower, you, you went back to the film room and spent uh, the time focusing in on uh, on film study of the the opponent that you were you were playing that, uh, you know, that week and probably got back to your, to your, um, you know, apartment or dorm at the time, um, whether you were a freshman or, you know, upperclassman and then, uh, you know, ate dinner and stuck, tried to study. So it was, you know, you, <laughs> it was a, it was a full-time true full-time job. And then you would fit into, you know, weightlifting. You typically we lifted weights probably three times a week, you know, after practice. And uh, so it was uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, um, a lot of time spent trying to organize, you know, Hey, what, how do I best spend my time? Right. Especially with the studies. I think that was the biggest, biggest challenge, but we typically tried to, I remember back in the day, just tried to make, you know, get the easiest classes we could, <laughs> it's, you know, scheduled for the fall. Right. But, yeah. but it was, you know, it was fun. And then, you know, even off season, it was, you know, we were lifting weights three, four times a week and, uh, you know, um, doing stuff on our own. And, um, uh, you know, then spring ball came and spring ball was a lot different than, than it is now. I mean, we really hit, you know, four day, four days a week and it was full contact and there was no, you know, shorts yeah. and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, and, and, and it was full contact <laughs> takedowns, all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, for four or five weeks. And, and, you know, so it was different than it is now, you know, camp itself, I tell you, um, camp was interesting because we went, you know, full tilt for two hours, you know, for each practice. There wasn't, 
it wasn't like it is now where, you know, you're, you don't have the full contact like we, you know, we did back then. So um, I think it made us a little tougher, but you know, that's, that's a subject to those conversation. <laughs> did you guys do two a days in the, during camp? Oh yeah. It was two a day. Yeah. It was, you know, it was two a days. Uh, you, you know, start practice from, from nine till probably 1130 and then had lunch, went back and either hung out in the, in the, uh, in the, in the dorms and, you know, watch TV, played cards or whatever. And for a couple hours and then, or took a nap. I think I took a lot more naps just to get myself refreshed for the, the afternoon practice. Then, you know, you had afternoon practices, you know, for two and a half hours. And then, you know, we would have eat dinner and then we would have literally have meetings in the evening till like 10 o'clock. You know, so mm -hmm. it was from the time you woke up till the time you went bed, you know, went to bed, you were, you were living and breathing football. So um, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it, but you know, it was such a, you know, it was difficult and it was, you know, um, mentally and physically, but it was just, when you look back on it in terms of it, just, it was some of the best times we had. I mean, just, uh, you know, developing the, the, the friendships and relationships. It was just you guys, you know, the hundred guys and the coaching staff for two, three weeks. And, uh, you know, looking back on it in hindsight, it was some of the best times I had too, as, as well as some of the most difficult. So a um, lot of great memories. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit about the dorms. Uh, who was your roommate back then? Um, my, you know, my, um, my roommate, my freshman year was, um, was Joe Wendover. Uh, he's from, from, uh, Midland Dow. Uh, he was a wide receiver. We kind of, you know, they always seem to put an offensive guy with a defensive guy so that we can kind of get to know each other. And he's, you know, still a lifelong friend of mine, um, stood up in my wedding. So, you know, that's, um, was, you know, great, uh, great, great guy. And, uh, and, um, in the following years, I mean, that was, he ended up being my, he was my, my freshman year, uh, camp roommate. And then we became roommates, you know, as well in, during the, during the, during the year in the dorms. But then for camp, I also roomed with, um, the following years, I roomed with, you know, guys like Dave Walkowski, who's a really good friend of mine. Uh, Walter Duncan, who's a great friend of mine. So ironically, some of the, you know, some of the guys that I, was fortunate enough to, to be roommates with, we, you know, became lifelong friends as well. So, um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. So you got to play for both Dan Simmerl and, um, Nick Saban, right? Yep. How was it like being recruited by, uh, Dan Simmerl? I know it was different back then. The recruiting, not the same as it is today. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the key, the key guy that really, um, uh, recruited me was, was Tom Amstutz. He, he covered the, the, the Michigan area. And I, I was fortunate enough to meet him, um, in the, um, at a, the Michigan camp in, um, uh, my, between my junior and senior year. And, you know, he, he brought me in and I, ironically, just after the camp, he entered, he, he gave me, offered me a scholarship and that would send an impression to me, right. Like, wow. They're, you know, this my first offer was with, with Toledo and it was, you know, it was at the Michigan camp. And, uh, um, back then they had a lot of the Mac schools went to the bigger, you know, power five schools and, and, and were, cause they didn't have their own camps, but they went to the Ohio state camp or the Michigan state camp and the Michigan camps. And, um, so that was where I, I first got to meet Tom Amstutz. And then, you know, I, I just, just a super guy. And, 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 uh, there was a guy by the name of, um, 
Steve Gwynn, who was the defensive back co coach back then, who, you know, recruited me as well. And then met, you know, Dan Cerrone. It was really just a, a bunch of great guys that were, you know, part of the staff. And they, um, when I went down there um, on my visit, I, you know, just, it was, it, it, it was everything I was looking for. It was a perfect size school, great reputation for winning. Um, I knew a little bit about Toledo because of uh, a good friend of mine, of the family uh, played basketball there was on what was on um, that uh, 79 team um, that would went to the to the to the sweet you know sweet 16 I believe so mm -hmm. um, uh, his name was Brad Rieger and uh, still to this day the you know my family and his family are really close uh, um, so that was one of the you know reasons I knew about Toledo and was interested in it because yeah, I remember going to some basketball games when I was a, a kid you know down at Toledo so um, that's how I, you know, kind of knew about it, but yeah. And I mean, Dan Simmer was a great guy and, you know, just overall the, the staff was, you know, really impressed me. Okay. And then it was your senior year that Nick Saban came in as the head coach. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. It was between, uh, it was between, you know, uh, I remember there was a big controversy back then that when, when, when Simro, um, was let go and, um, it was, you know, it was an interesting time because we were, that was, that was when they were building building the stadium too so the, the you know the remodel was going on in 89 and there was a lot of excitement uh for the following season when you know our my senior year when the, the stadium was opening and uh and uh when and we were six and five and we probably should have won won the the mac conference we, we were six and two in in conference i think we lost uh, to bowling green Boy, it was in a game where we should have won. And I think there was a fourth down play, if I remember. And there was a missed tackle by somebody that led to uh, on a fourth down play that uh, that they converted. And then they ended up scoring on the last play of the game to beat us. If we would have made that play, so to speak, we would have been Mac champs in, in probably in in, uh, in 89. And um, I, you know, I just felt like we maybe maybe under underperformed uh, maybe to, to the expectations of the new AD who was, you know, Al Bow. But I tell you, Al Bow made some decisions that really, I think, put Toledo on the trajectory of, of really, you know, the moving on from, you know, you know, from an average program maybe at the time to, to really, you know, the, to be like the, the key Mac program, right? I think that that's what Toledo's recognized as. And, and I, I think other Mac schools would probably agree. So, um, I think it was the right decision. Um, is it as tough of a decision it was? It was the right decision. And I think, you know, Saban was just, uh, you know, right from the get-go was just such an impressive person. Uh, and I, I can't say enough about, you know, playing for him. It was probably probably the the greatest experience that I had, you know, and that look back, looking back and I learned more about football in that one year that I had in my prior, you know, football life was just being able to be part of that staff. I mean, being, being part of that team. And it wasn't just Nick Saban. We had, you know, Phil Parker was my defensive back coach uh, for, you know, for three years. Um, but he was also part of the the staff with, um, with, uh, with Nick and, um, and, you know, he's still, he's the DC for Iowa now. He's had a great career and he's just was, you know, really big influence for me. He was, you know, super, you know, super great guy and great coach. And uh, Dean Pease was the other one that really impressed. He's had an unbelievable coaching career as well. I think he's won a couple of Super Bowls uh, as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. And uh, he was our defensive coordinator. So we had a really, really good, good staff. And we actually I keep, keep in touch with Phil a little bit on text every now and then. And, 
guys like Kirk, Kirk Heidelberg, who was the defensive, uh, or I'm sorry, the tight ends coach at the time, still stay in touch with him a little bit. He, he coaches in, uh, in Germany, um, right now in, you know, you know, some of the pro football uh, that they have going on there. So, you know, a lot of great relationships, whether it's, you know, coaches or players, it's, uh, you know, truly been a, you know, one of the best things in my life was being part of the Toledo program. Yeah. And then that senior year, you guys won a Mac championship, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were, you know, I tell you, we were, we were four points away from being undefeated. We just, you know, and I, I mean, you know, not to brag, but our defense was pretty solid that year. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, I, I think we might've been in the top 16 in the country from, from a defensive standpoint, but um it, 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 we, you know, we had some youth, I think on the offense, you know, Kevin Mager was, was, was a, it was a sophomore quarterback at the time. And he obviously turned out to be a great, he was, you know, great quarterback for Toledo, but you know, we did have some younger guys. We had some guys like, um, I mean, our offensive line was loaded. We had, you know, Jerry Evans was a tight end, uh, you know, that played in the NFL. We had, uh, you know, uh, Andy McCollum was the center at the time. He's, you know, played 15 years in, in the NFL. I think he's got a Super Bowl ring. We had, uh, um, boy, Ricky Isaiah, Romaldo Brown were the receivers, uh, Neil Trotter, uh, Pat Johnson were the, you know, fullback and tailback and Ben Mitchell was a big guard. I mean, just, you know, really, really, uh, Craig Kuligowski, I'll get very two-time All-Mac coach, uh, you know, you know, defensive coach for Toledo right now. I mean, he's, you know, still a good friend of mine. Uh, we stay in touch as well. Um, uh, so yeah, we just really had a really good team. And then defensively, we had, you know, guys like Dan Williams, who, you know, was drafted at number one, uh, number one draft. I think probably the only number one draft choice in Toledo history, if I, I think, right. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Had, you know, Darren Anderson was a cornerback who was, uh, you know, played with the Kansas city chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we, we, um, Matt Eberflos is a head coach of the, the Chicago bears. I still, you know, text him every now and then congratulating him when he, you know, he wins down there. So, you know, just a really, really um, strong team. I thought, and, it, and if we had a couple bounces go our way, we could have, we would have been undefeated really. So great memory. That's, you know, one of those, you know, obviously the greatest, uh, you know, team I was part of as a, as a Toledo, but also in, in probably in my life, it was just a fun team. Most of my memories come from that 90, 90 season for sure. Dave Wachowski too, who coached, uh, he was still a good friend of mine. He was, uh, you know, he coached a lot of years at Toledo, coached at Georgia Tech, coached at um, Washington State, um, Memphis, and, you know, had a really good coaching career as well. So a lot of great guys. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I'm noticing with, with everything that you're saying, there's been a lot of good coaches that have been around for a long time, coaching yeah. a lot of great places. Um, so really it, it it's so much more than just the head coach, right? Your oh, whole absolutely. coaching staff was seemed like it was just loaded. Yes, it was. It really was. I mean, you really think about it. There was a lot, and and a lot of guys that you know from you know, like I said, from from that team went on to coaching, right? And I think you know, I don't discount what Saban's influence on that season, you know, had on some of the players, right? And that ended up getting into coaching, right? You know, you know, Dave Wachowski. Kuligowski and, and Eberflus, right? It's three guys that went on into to coaching you know, right after, you know, um, after Saban had left. And, you know, the one thing about Saban is, you know, I, I tell you, you know, he, he comes across as this really, you know, disciplinarian and, you know, tough, you know, he was very tough. I mean, no question about it. And I think he's tougher probably 
on the coaches than he maybe maybe the players. I think players, you know, develop a strong respect for him, but he was never, you know, he didn't play favorites. You know what I mean? He was a thing I liked about Saban is he was in the um every single day, man, he was working. I mean, he was out there teaching and coaching. He wasn't standing on the sidelines, walking around and, you know, in the stands or standing up in a, you know, like you see sometimes on a, on a high rise watching from, you know, from above, right. What's going on in practice. I mean, he was literally walk, you know, working the drills with you when you, you know, if you did something wrong, he was showing you the right, right technique or the proper fundamental to, 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 you know, really coach you and make sure that you were, you know, you knew how to play the game, you know, from a, from a fundamental standpoint and a mental standpoint, he made just understanding the game so much easier. He just would break down film and put together schemes that made sense. You know, I mean, I go back to one game we played in, uh, um, we played uh, Northern Illinois our, um, my senior year and they, they were, you know, rolling when it comes to offense i think they put up 700 yards of rushing one one uh one game in that year i think it was against like fresno state and uh i don't remember the timeline of that was before or after we played but they were they were you know, they ran that triple option back in the day right mm-hmm. and i'll never forget Saban walked into into our <laughs> into our meeting room and he's like guys because everything you learned in camp and everything you learned in spring he goes throw it out the window he goes, if we run, if we run a base defense against these guys, we'll, they'll, they'll run up 700 yards against us, you know, something like that. And, you know, he goes, we're putting in this completely different scheme to, to you, know, you have to, you know, be, you know, uh, fundamental in terms of what your responsibilities are. And we're going to do, you know, develop a scheme just for this week. And we put in this defense and it was so simple, like to follow. It was like, you know, if this tight end block down, you did this, if the, you know, dive back did this and the, you know, option guy came out your way, you know, you had the pitch or you had, you know, whatever, you know, the position was and what your responsibility was, it was pretty detailed out. And because they didn't run that many different plays off of it, you know, so it was, you know, it was just really making sure you had the fundamentals down in terms of what you needed to do from a responsibility standpoint, man, we played them. And I think, I think we won 21 to seven, but I, I think they had 200 yards of total offense or something like that. It was totally, due to the scheme that he put in right and 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 teaching it and making sure everybody understood what they needed to do and walking through it and you know mentally and um and i just remember that just uh, man this guy really knows what he's doing and it was funny because i some of my friends to this day remember some of my high school friends to this day remember me calling them one day and i said they were asking me about you know this new coach and he's and i said he goes, so how do you like the new coach? I said, guys, I said, you know what? I said, this guy knows football like it's a science. I go, I promise you, I go, this guy's going to be like the next great college coach. This guy's not, you know, going to be staying on that Toledo long. And, you know, they, every now and then they, they'll laugh. I remember when you told me that Saban was <laughs> was was, uh, was going to have some uh, a pretty good future. I said, yeah, I guess uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was going to be that, <laughs> you know, going to end up being the greatest probably college coach of all time. But, um yeah, I really enjoyed, you know, it's one of the, you know, great memories is obviously playing for, for a guy like that. Yeah. And, and, so, and Dean and, and Phil too. I mean, those guys were, were equally great guys to work, you know, play for. Yeah. And so I, I'm sure, you know, it's one thing for the coaches to come up with a game plan like that, but you, as a team, you have one week to prepare for a completely different defense. What is that like? Well, yeah. And I, and I, I say that because he made it simple. 
Like it, 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 that was the 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 key. Like I think a, a lot of of you know he brought in a, a lot of NFL because prior to coming to uh, to Toledo, Saban was at the Oilers with with, with uh, Glanville. I think it was it was it what was what was it Glanville? Remember Gary was it Gary Glanville? Like, Jerry Glanville. Gary Glanville. Yeah, Jerry yeah. Glanville down he, down in Houston. So so he brought a lot of pro concepts to Toledo, and we were doing you know, a lot of disguise coverages and things like that. I mean, it was fun. You know, you know. I mean, I I had five interceptions that you referenced in the you know. Um, the beginning it was a lot because he would set me up you know what i mean he would set a play up to to, to you know to you know really kind of sucker a, a a quarterback to to make a throw that you know it didn't look like i was in a specific we were in a specific we were whether we looked like we were in a man coverage or we were in a zone coverage and we flipped right at the snap of the ball and you know he just did things like that that really helped you out i mean saving he said this one time and he says and i and i always remember this is coaching is about putting your players in the best position to make plays, right? It's the player's responsibility to make the play when it's there, but the coaches are responsibility is to put them in the position, you know, the best position to make the play. And that's what he did. I mean, he made, he puts you in that position and, and, and helped you become a better player by, by, you know, under, you know, and, and really teaching and, and helping you understand what you were trying to, you know, trying to do with this specific defense, you know? And um, so yeah, it, that he, but when that whole thing, like I said about that week, I mean, it was the most simplistic game plan you could imagine, but it worked, you know, and, and I think he wanted you to not overthink things. He just said, you know, mm -hmm. know what you got to do, know your responsibility and react, you know, the more you think in that, in this game and, and or, you know, the, the, the less your reaction time is right. So you got to be able to, to, to know what you're doing and, and react. And I think when you react, react, quickly you you play faster and you play smarter so and play more aggressively so I think that that's you know a lot of what he did um just made things simple and and really tried to to teach you why you were doing something good and do you have any other favorite stories that you'd like to share with us from your playing days um <clears throat> yeah I mean what you know one of the one of the you know great memories I had this was early on in my career was um and I, you know, I know it's referenced a few times is what we played down in uh, the Orange Bowl in '87. I was a redshirt mm -hmm. freshman, and and I was you know playing cornerback. I, I started out the season as a, a strong safety, and then I somebody we had a couple injuries, and uh, I asked the coaches at the time, "Hey, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll play cornerback." So I think we needed a cornerback, and you know, I never it was more of a safety, but so I and I, I finished out the season. You know, I think I started the Bowling Green game, Miami, Ohio game. I can't remember midseason and then, you know, played cornerback the rest of the year. But we went down to um, Miami of uh, Florida and they were you know, playing against the, the Hurricanes with, uh, um, you know, Michael Irvin, Brett Perryman. And, you know, geez, they had so many Benny Blades and Brian Blades. And I mean, there was just team was absolutely stacked. I think they were they were maybe number one, number two in the country at the time. They ended up winning the national championship that year. Um, but we kind of got, we played them, ironically, we played them at the end of the season. You know, usually you play mm -hmm. those non-conference games early in the season, right? Yeah. Well, we were playing, it was our last, and we didn't have a real good team that year. I think that was the worst team we were on. We were three, like seven and one or something like that. I can't remember. We were, uh, we, you know, we, we struggled. We had, we had a lot of, a lot of injuries and, 
really a lot of young kids were playing, you know, because of the injuries. Um, I can't remember how many, you know, redshirt freshmen, a lot of the guys that were my, on my senior team were playing in that game. Um, so we go down and we're a young team playing against the hurricanes. And we, I mean, we played them tooth and nail. I mean, it was, we ended up losing 24 to 14, I believe, but, um, that game was a lot closer than people even realized. Like we literally, we gave up a, I remember we gave up a touchdown right before halftime where they kicked off and there was a fumble, the ball popped up in the air, guy caught it in and went in for a touchdown. So they got a, you know, cheap touchdown there from on a, on a special teams play. And, you know, so really we, you know, for the most part, we held them to 17 points. I think we held them to under 300 yards of offense and their first team was in the entire game. And I remember, you know, you know, Jimmy Johnson on the side, he was their head coach at the time, just screaming, man. He was so mad because we were, you know, we were hanging and we actually, I think in the fourth quarter had the momentum, like we were, you know, we were driving and we were, we were shutting them down. And if we had an extra quarter, we may, maybe even an extra, you know, five minutes, we may have, you know, be able to pull off, pull off an upset, but um, that was just a, you know, just a, it was a great experience just overall, you know, just playing down in the orange bowl with so much history. And, uh, you know, I just remember walking out in the stadium, looking around saying, you know, the Super Bowls have been played here, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And remember as a kid watching the orange bowl as a, you know, it was always like the highlight of, of, uh, you know, New Year's day, the evening sitting down and watching the, the orange bowl, you know? So it was, um, you know, it was one of the great memories I had for sure. Okay. And I didn't get beat for a touchdown. That was my, (laughs) (laughs) I was, you know, a little bit, you know, worried about at the time, as you can imagine going against it. I I definitely, you know, definitely played a little bit uh, deeper that day than, than, than normal. (laughs) So, all right. So, so you live in Florida now, right? No, no, I actually, I live in, I live in in Michigan. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm in Metro Detroit. So, so you probably get back to the glass ball a lot then. Campus. I, uh, um, I, you know, I'm a season pick and holder, so I definitely, uh, you know, I get down to a couple games a year. Uh, it's, you know, I, I still love going down there. I just, I, I, you know, it's, it always, it's a little saddened to see the, you know, the, the attendance hasn't been as great of late, you know, and I, and, you know, I just always am amazed because it's, it's such a great game day atmosphere down there. And I think a lot of the issue too is the timing of these games now and the, the midweek games and, I think the last game I went to was the Bowling Green game, which, um, you know, should always be on a Saturday, in my opinion. You know, <laughs> why would you, you know, put that on a midweek game? But yeah. um, it's still just a really a great, great place to watch <clears throat> watch a game. And I, you know, I, I, uh, I try to make as as many games as I can because I, I truly enjoy, you know, the atmosphere there. Yeah, and you know that's a good point about the, the midweek games. I I'm sure that has a huge part with the attendance. Down oh, the absolutely. It does. Absolutely. It has yeah. to be right. I mean, you, I mean, you know, people have jobs, they've got family commitments, they've got, you know, kids that are, you know, involved in, in things that they got to, you know, drive them around to, and to do during the week, you know, so it's, it, you know, there's just, a, you know, people that like to travel to the game, whether, you know, I, you know, I'm an hour, you know, north but it's difficult to to you know try and go down to a midweek game if i'm working and drive down and um, fortunately that you know when i went to the bowling green game i had you know i had a, a you know meeting that i was doing down in uh in columbus so i just went to the game 
on, you know, that Tuesday night and I drove down to Columbus the following morning. So uh, that worked in my schedule, but other, you know, it's, that's the, that, you know, that's not the norm for most people, right. Is to, you know, to, to try and work, work those games. in. I mean, it's nice to see that. I mean, I think that the, the, um, the kids were there. I mean, the, you know, the student section was full. It's just the, the, mm-hmm. the general population out, you know, the Toledo area people that would tend typically go to a, to a Saturday game. It's difficult to do that. I think during the week. Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the current team. And uh, defensive back Quinion Mitchell, he's been getting a lot of press lately. Yeah, you know what? what are your thoughts I, on him? That guy stood out to me early on. It was funny. I, you know, I, I, I do text um, Craig Kuligowski still, who's, uh, you know, obviously a defensive coach. And, and it, um, early on in the season, I remember saying, man, I said, I don't know, number 27 and, and number 25 look like studs to me. I just, you know, I mean, you know, I said it early on. He goes, hey, he put a thumbs up on, you know, on the text. I go, both those guys really, I tell you, impress me. And uh, just Max and Hook, I think, is in the 25, right? He comes up and hits, and he's it's all over the field. Uh, you know, seems to be a smart player and, and, and so young. You know, and you just see, wow, next year or two, how good these, you know, he's going to be. But Mitchell, my God, his ability to, to to redirect on the ball on those flat, you know, outside out, out, outside flat passes. Um, probably some one of the better um, anticipations that I've seen from a college kid in a while. You know, he's just I don't know what his his, uh, um, you know, his measurables in terms of what his 40 time is and all that kind of stuff. But. Um, he really looks to me to be a pro. I mean, if he can run a, a, a strong 40, uh, you know, I think he, you know, he, I can see him being a, you know, a pretty high draft pick, but you know, it's remains to be seen on uh, all that, you know, stuff that the the scouts look at, but what a, what yeah. a great player. What a, you know, and it's exciting to see so far that, you know, none of these guys have, have gone to the transfer portal, portal or anything yet. And, I think, you know, Toledo's done a really good job of, of keeping players, which I think is a, a testament to the program. You know, I mean, yeah. so I looked at Northern Illinois or Kent State. I couldn't believe how many guys that they um, they they lost, you know. Uh, Western, yeah. you know, looks like they lost some guys. So, um, you know, the more you can keep guys in the program and, and you know, potentially add through the portal, I think, you know, it's going it, to – that's the game, I think, going forward. Yeah. Especially in the MAC, you know. Uh, yeah. So. And the portal, I tell you, that is just getting out of hand. But yeah. you got to give credit to the uh, coaching staff and just the program at yeah. Toledo that there's only been two players that have entered the portal this year. That, that's yeah, amazing. And I, I think I think that's a testament, really. You know, it shows you that there's there's definitely a connection between the coaching staff and the players at at Toledo. You know, I mean, there people can can complain about you know the the inconsistency sometimes or the discipline and you know the penalties and things like that 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 have occurred over the last few years but um ultimately the you know the the, the kids you know i i think you know like being at toledo they like playing for the, the current staff i think some of those things can 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 be worked on right and improved but um ultimately the you know, i think the program is is in good shape um you know, I think I look at, you know, Candle a few years ago, I, uh, he recognized that the defense wasn't what it needed to be, you know, and he made some, some tough changes and, you know, some tough decisions and, you know, brought in, you know, Kuligowski and, and, uh, and Vince, uh, you know, um, to run the defense and, and boy, I think that, you know, the way they play defense now compared to what they were four or five years ago is night and day, you know, I mean, they've had their, 
they've had their lumps a couple of times. I know the Buffalo game at the end of that fourth quarter was, was not, you know, um, not a great, you know, fourth quarter. I know the early in the Bowling Green game and the end of the Bowling Green game were, were tough, but overall, I think that they have been, you know, really, really solid. And, um, you know, I think that it's only going to get better too. And it's, it's some good talent on that, on that side of the ball for sure. Yeah. You definitely have to give Kendall credit for that because oh, like yeah. you said, the defense was really struggling and yeah. he, he you know, made the decision to change things and he brought in some great hires on yeah. the defensive side and it's been a huge change. Yes. It's a huge it's, difference. Uh, yeah. It's a big difference, right? I mean, they're so much more aggressive. They're, they're, they're faster. They're, you know, their tackling's better. There's not these, you know, wide gaps in the, you know, in the, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the defensive line, like there was, or, you know, the linebackers weren't, you know, filling pro- appropriately. It was, you know, it was really hard to watch, you know, a few years ago, it really it was. You know, it was a hard watch and, and it was frustrating, but, um, you know, but now it's, you know, I think that they've, uh, you know, they really fixed that and they got some, you know, rights, the right schemes in place and the right, you know, talent that fits what they're trying to do. Yeah. And so we got the Boca Raton Bowl coming up here in a few days. Um, What are your thoughts on how this game will go? You know, I haven't seen, I haven't really seen Liberty play. I I just know this, you know, uh, it all really all that matters is Toledo, right? I mean, I I think that, I think if Toledo is, is focused and they play every snap and, you know, are dialed in and, and just, you know, are mentally ready to play four quarters, they win. Right. I, I it's, it's just, that's been the, 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 the frustrating part is just seeing that them play three out of four quarters. Right. I mean, Kent state, right. Mm-hmm. Just They weren't ready to play in the first quarter for whatever reason, but they played their butts off the next three, you know, and, and you know, Bowling Green, they, gosh, they, 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 weren't ready for whatever reason, you know, maybe it was a midweek game. I don't know. How do you not get ready for, for Bowling Green, but they were sleepwalking that first quarter, but the rest of the game, they played their butts off to get back in that game, take the lead. You know, unfortunately at the very end, they, you know, they, I think there was just a, you know, a couple execution issues on the defensive side, you know, on that, on that last play that, or last couple plays, I think it was that third and long play that, really should it was defended right it was the right coverage that was in place but I think there was a corner that jumped up on trying to you know thought that the quarterback was going to run and let somebody get behind him and it led to a you know third and 20 getting converted or whatever it was but you know they but they shouldn't have been in that position right if they were ready to play the you know the first quarter you know, look at the Buffalo game right they I mean, dominated that game for three quarters. I mean, really dominated that game. And then just for whatever, you know, whatever, I don't know, you know, I can't put a finger on it. Right. I'm sure the coaches, I have a hard time putting a finger on it either, but if they can play four full quarters, they're going to win, you know? And I think that's, you know, pretty much anybody on their schedule, if they can, you know, focus in and dial in for four straight quarters, they've got enough talent to compete with anybody on their schedule aside from, you know, you know, when they played Ohio state or somebody like that. Right. It, um, yeah. But, but I, you know, I, I suspect if they, if, if, if they, you know, like I, you know, I, I went to the game, the bowl game, I mean the Mac championship game, they played great, a great game. You know, they were, they were, you know, ready to play. They were, you know, going, you know, full speed, you know, for every single play, you can see that they wanted that, you know, you could, so 
if they want this game, the bowl game, I think that they'll they'll win. But yeah. again, I don't know. I haven't seen Liberty, but I think it's all about Toledo. I think any yeah. coach, I think any coach will tell you that it's it's really about us. It's not the opponent. You know, we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Dan, for uh, joining today. Um, yeah. I'd sure like to have you back sometime too and talk more. Hey, anytime. You know what, Brian? I tell you, um, I love love talking Rockets football. It's you know, it's one of my passions. I, you know, again, I was fortunate enough to to play play there, so it's it's always it's you know near and dear to my heart talking about Rocket football and 